the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Welcome to another edition of the Spot Track Podcast. My name is Mike Gennetti. Happy Thursday. Divisional weekend is upon us. We touch base on some of those teams, notably the San Francisco 49ers and their quarterback conundrum, possibly. Really, all the questions, all the angles, all the possibilities heading over the offseason for the 49ers. Dan Summit and I detail that. But first, a couple of SpotTrack.com updates. Keith Smith has two brand new Next Contract series pieces on there. Jordan Clarkson and the surprise Utah Jazz, who continue to, uh, I, I, I guess, stay above the middle here, even though we all assumed they were going to be much, 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 much lower in the Wembenyana sweepstakes. They're not there. So what's next for Jordan Clarkson, who's one of the more notable trade candidates, but could also just be a stay and extend candidate as well. And then Fred Van Fleet, I think a, uh, a, a kind of lock trade candidate, though the contract is a little bit high and he's expiring. We'll see what Toronto ends up doing. As we talked about last week with Keith, that's a uh, hot button team at this trade deadline coming up here in two, three weeks because of the assets, because of the expiring contracts, because of possibly Siakam being maybe one of the bigger names to move. So, so Keith's details those two next contract series on SpotTrack.com right now. I've been pushing out more and more NFL offseason content. As I mentioned, all the divisional breakdowns are there. Quarterback breakdowns are there. Running back breakdowns are there. Wide receiver breakdowns should be there by tomorrow, Friday. And uh, it's heating up a little bit. Not so much because of the contract statuses of wide receivers, many of whom locked in last year, but how about some potential trades? Uh, I've got three or four names right now that I'm pretty confident are at least going to be in consideration to be moved this offseason. So much of the focus will be on stable contract, but maybe not stable on their current roster. So that's live on SpyTrack.com. Scott Allen's been doing some really unique stuff, um, keeping up with the golf tournaments as the PGA season has started. The NASCAR season is upon us. He's got some upcoming free agents. Yes, there's teams in free agency and NASCAR as well. He's detailed that on SpotTrack.com, and I will continue to push out more baseball content as I believe there are some trades ahead of us. We did have some smaller signings this past week, which I'll detail in a couple of minutes, and then we'll talk NFL. All right, the Mets keep pushing here. Tommy Pham is added at one year, $6 million with incentives. There's a couple of relievers probably coming here next to this roster. We're going to do a deep dive into the Mets offseason, and by the way, Mets are not the biggest offseason spenders. They would have been with Correa, no question about it. But it's actually the Yankees. So we're going to have to spend some time on the Yankees in this judge situation. And are they better? Are they the same? Are they a different team? What does this division look like around them? Can they, you know, can they brace Harper this thing, which is sign a big player to a massive contract and then do the right thing to get this thing to the finish line, which is hard. It's, it's easier said than done in Major League Baseball as they've seen with Mike Trout for a decade now. And, uh, and oh, by the way, this is the season of Otani. If last year was the season of Judge, this is the season of Otani because he's an expiring. He's on a one-year $30 million arbitration salary, which is historic, and uh, that's sort of been pushed down the limelight here. Everything about this guy is unique, including what this contract is going to look like, where he might end up next, how, how people are going to handle him from a valuation standpoint, you know, pitcher slash hitter slash DH. It, it's all fascinating, and we're going to put a ton of effort into this. Should he stay with the Angels? Should he move? Are the Dodgers ready to pounce after a somewhat quiet offseason this year? 
uh, all those things are real. <laughs> so we've done one piece sort of breaking down what that contract could look like. We can update that a little bit now with some of these bigger deals now in hand. Uh, I think the Correa offers out there could mimic what Otani's deal could look like. You know, maybe the Mets offer that was half and half that we mentioned before. I, I, I think there's a world where this can be a, an historic contract without breaking the bank. You know, Julio Rodriguez's deal from a pre-arb standpoint is super unique. It's about, you know, half guaranteed, and then it kicks in a whole new level of three, 200 plus million dollars if the options are picked up, if he hits certain metrics with MVPs and things like that. There's a lot to get to there. So baseball's throwing a lot of creativity at us lately, and we're going to start to construct that in a way that could be fruitful for Shohei Otani really over the next 10 months or so if he gets to the finish line, doesn't get an extension with the Angels, and hits the open market next November, as many of us expect he will. It's also the year of Juan Soto and the San Diego Padres, who, again, the Mets are getting the attention, the Yankees are getting the attention. The Padres have done a lot of damage here. Yes, Machados has an opt-out, and a lot of people expect him to hit the open market and become the preeminent position player along with Shohei Otani next year. But they've already backfilled that with Bogarts. Juan Soto's got what, two this year, then one more year of arbitration left, and then maybe he's the next $500 million contract if he can right his ship a little bit. And they've added pitchers every single offseason. So we'll do a deep dive on that roster soon as well. That's the plan for baseball over the next few weeks. And then, oh, by the way, winners and losers of the offseason, future divisional bets, over-unders, win total projections with Cousin Dan. We've got a lot to get to. So uh, training camp starts in less than a month. The offseason still has some uh, some ticking left in it. And we'll be certainly pushing down that avenue quickly. Let's talk the San Francisco 49ers quarterback situation and a little bit of Lamar at the end and a little bit of Tom Brady at the end as well. All right, Dan, I've uh, I've let the coffee digest. I've had my mid-afternoon run. I'm calm. I'm collected. I want to have a logical, rational discussion about the San Francisco 49ers quarterback situation. I'm going to let you talk. I'm uninterrupted. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to let you do your thing. And then I'm going to light your words on fire and throw them in the bay. So let's go. Give me your give me your best shot. What's going to happen in this offseason for 2023 with the 49ers at quarterback? <clears throat> well, I guess before I go down that road um like the the current brock purdy stuff like i get everyone is super excited about it <clears throat> he's shown great poise he's operated the offense he's put up great numbers they've won games and a playoff game there's something to be said for that i'm not trying to discount it i do think we're all a little high on brock purdy though uh, brock purdy though right now and like talk that they that he's the slam dunk guy to move forward with. I, I understand that's maybe how they're going to operate. I think the narrative though, that like based on three or four games, we've seen all we need to see in terms of throwing out another quarterback and Trey Lance, who uh, a, a bunch of picks were you know spent on not long ago. Um, Jimmy G who's obviously been proven to be able to run this offense. Um, so I, I do think things are a little bit overblown from that perspective. Now, like going down the road, what, I think happens and what does actually happen is probably two vastly different things, which is probably where you'll be able to kind of hatch at my point here. But um, 
like I, 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 quite honestly, I don't see how they don't move on with Trey Lance as the as the starting quarterback in Week One of 2023. Um, I, I kind of think I know where you're going to go with it, but I, I, like pe- people say, like unless short of Brock Purdy winning the Super Bowl, I think. Like that will maybe force their hand one way or another. Maybe it doesn't. We've seen this in the past with Nick Bowles yeah. or something yeah. like that, um, where where teams are able to just let them them move on. So I, I just think so much has been invested in Trey Lance. Now, sorry, to finish that point, so much has been invested in Trey Lance that I think and people around the league think the ceiling, the rushing ceiling, plus if you can get anything passing out of him in a Kyle Shanahan offense, like it's proven Kyle Shanahan can win with like sort of a baseline quarterback. I think that that Trey Lance would unlock certain other parts of this offense that we haven't seen before with quarterbacks that have been running it. Um, so I, I do think like so much have been, has been committed that unless you can recoup some of those assets, which I think currently would be very difficult to do, you'd be selling low, um, mm-hmm. so to speak on him that I think you at least need to see what what he can give you. And I, I don't say that lightly as in like I, I'm totally ignoring the other guys, but in a way I've I've seen all I need to see from Jimmy G to know where his ceiling lies. Like I, I know he can run the offense. I know he can get you playoff wins to a Super Bowl. Like I, I just think in the moment you're like less often than – sorry, more often than not, he is going to blow it for you. Um, and, and Brock Purdy, like, are, are you really going to throw away a, sh- you know, a Jimmy, G- you know, the quote sort of sure thing, you know, safety of Jimmy G or the high ceiling of Trey Lance for a seventh round quarterback that has impressed for three or four games. Now, granted, he has been very, very good for those three or four games. Is that the offense, the system, the scheme, you know, the, the players around him, who knows, but like, I, I, I mean, he was drafted in the seventh round, had bad, you know, reports coming out of college for, for specific reasons. Um, like, I, I just think this is more system related, Kyle Shanahan related. You know, it's a tremendous short supporting cast, maybe a top five offensive line. You have multiple good receivers, maybe the best all around tight end in the league, multiple running backs, one of them being the best all around, you know, play, uh, you know, offensive player in the league. So uh, that's my only point. I, I, I'm sorry. I know Brock Purdy is getting a lot of love. I'm not trying to stop on that. I'm just trying to like stay grounded with it and like, yeah. Trey Lance is like the the skeleton key, if you will, like that every team is sort of searching for that like dual threat quarterback who you don't just have to rely on. You He can throw the ball to. We don't know if Trey Lance is that yet, but I at least want to see what you have. And so like if Trey Lance is available for a package of like high to middle and middle round picks, like, you know, if I'm an organization with, you know, if I'm Atlanta with pieces around him and, not, you know, no long good offensive pieces already in place and no long-term answer at quarterback, you know, I'm very much considering that at yeah. that price. That's the price. I mean, That's right. now, if it's, if it's, if the Niners can get a haul now, then yeah, you can, you can move on from him there. You know, there were reports, um, that Shanahan Trey Lance wasn't even Kyle Shanahan's main guy coming out of that draft that he maybe preferred Mac Jones and that it was more of a front office ownership, you know, pressing, you know, pressing it a little bit. Um, So who knows if Kyle Shanahan's even married, maybe, you know, to Trey Lance, maybe he really doesn't 
want him long term and wants to go in a different direction or with Jimmy G or Brock Purdy or whatever. But man, I at least want to see like I'll I'll forever be tantalized by the ceiling of Trey Lance. So okay, I'll kind so, of leave it. At that. All right. So you hit on almost every single note I was going to get to in some form. Um, kind of conversely speaking, though. So I'm going to throw this back instead of one big take. I'm going to throw this back with little nuggets. Would your opinion change right now if they had not traded up for Trey Lance, if they had simply drafted Trey Lance? It would to some degree. I don't like the the unknown ceiling of Trey Lance is not heightened by like the legend of how many of picks that he got traded for. Do you but know what I mean? Like to him is. Right, right. So from that perspective, I think it would be harder to separate. So yes, I think that's an accurate point. Now, like, does personally me, like, does my opinion of Trey Lance's ceiling change based mm -hmm. on the package that they got? I mean, maybe subconsciously, but I, I like to think that no, and I, I'm totally willing to admit he could he could be the worst quarterback we've ever seen. I at least want to see it. There's like, mm -hmm. the writing is on the wall that we should at least like see what is there. And all I'm saying is that I don't think Jimmy G or Brock Purdy is enough to, to just totally walk away from that. But, partially based on the package that was given up for them. So like my assessment of his talent is not necessarily affected by the package, but I do think their assessment of how this plays out totally. I mean, it, it will. And I, I think it should, but that's to be, that's kind of like, yeah. What, what, like, do you We're think they should just like, that. yeah. Okay. Go ahead. I mean, like, I think you're going to go down that road. Like, do you think they should veer off the pat? Like just totally not care about, draft Here, capital, anything that was spent and yep. just say, we have two good in-house options already. Why mess with that? I, I, I don't okay. know what the right answer is. Well, <clears throat> it's unfortunately it's not that easy because Garoppolo is an expiring contract with a no tag clause with a $30 million valuation and probably three teams that will pay it right now. So it's not as easy as saying he's ours. We're just going to ride with him. There's multiple decisions to be made this offseason. That's why this is such a fascinating conversation, even on January 18th, before we even know where this finish line ends, which you're right, could completely impact things, although we'll get to that in a second. Where, where I want to go is the system stuff, the McCaffrey stuff, the Shanahan with Trey Lance stuff. I hated it when it happened. I've hated hearing about it ever since. I don't understand. I, I don't understand the way that they're constructing this roster, but then also the, the 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 absolute need to unlock Trey Lance with this whole new level. To me, the two things are competing against each other. Does, does anybody look at San Francisco right now and say, my God, what, what would this look like if they had Trey Lance out there running around in, in advancing plays? Dan, in, in a lot of ways, I look at San Francisco and think the quarterback is just doing a job so that they can unleash these freaking stud weapons. If Trey Lance is trying to do too much on any given play and then dumps it off to McCaffrey as a last resort, that's going to look like every other screen pass with every other team in the NFL. The reason McCaffrey can be great in this offense is A, the offensive line and Trent Williams specifically is freaking baller. And B, they are giving him the ball 0.5 seconds after it's snapped and saying, go be a freak. Same thing with Debo Samuel. To some degree, same thing with Brandon Ayuk, certainly with Kittle on his seam routes and across the middle. There are specific plays that keep the quarterback from doing too much. So why are we then trying to bring in a quarterback to do more? <laughs> and why did they trade up for that guy in the first place? That's what I don't see. I'm looking, I've always looked at this not from a human aspect, but from a roster construction standpoint. And I don't, to me, those two narratives 
are competing against each other with this roster specifically. So I, I think Trey Lance might be great. And the rumors to him following Ron Carthen to Tennessee, that excites me because that's actually a system that could use some mobility out of a quarterback, some some brilliance from one specific player not named Derrick Henry. I think I think that might be a great spot for Trey Lance. I don't think Kyle Shanahan should be doing this. If anything, I think it's going to torpedo whatever juju he's got going right now with this system. And by the way, I know you agree with me because I got you to buy, buy in on the under 9.5 wins on San Francisco to start this season when Trey Lance was going to be the starting quarterback. You and I both believed that they were going to be good, but that there was going to be a step back because they all had to figure out what the hell they were with Trey Lance, which is this whole new different model than what Garoppolo is. And by the way, now what Purdy is. Purdy's like a Garoppolo light. And he's not a starting quarterback. I'll answer that question right now. Nobody's going to take Brock Purdy off their hands and make him their start week one starter. Nobody. Not even if he wins the Super Bowl. And you said why. It's because he's Nick freaking Foles. Okay? And it's the biggest mistake that Doug Peterson has ever made in his life, which is saying, I've got Nick Foles. I don't need Carson Wentz. And I don't need Jalen Hurts. And he said both those things out loud. And pick Nick Foles. And then Jacksonville pick Nick Foles to be a, a week one starter on $88 million 18 months later. And that was a disaster. So we know where this ends up. We know where this undersized, under-talented, inaccurate, that's what Brock Purdy is. He is just, he, he he's done his homework. He has been a phenomenal bench quarterback that understands this system and was able to hit the ground running with it. And it's all the credit to him. I am not disc discounting him in any regard. He's just not a $100 million quarterback. He's not even he's not even a $10 million quarterback, okay? He's just going to be who he is, which is an able, able-bodied, smart, capable backup quarterback, probably a third quarterback on most rosters. And that's perfectly fine. And he might win the freaking Super Bowl in, in, five, in four weeks here. He might because of everything else going on around him because he has one job and he knows exactly what that job is from doing his studying and his homework. And he goes out there and he executes. And not everybody can do that. So credit to him. But not, not everybody, in fact, I don't know that there's anybody else in football that can build a system that works like this, that, that Shanahan has done. He's not getting enough credit for this. Have we ever seen a team that's gone from QB1 to QB2 to QB3 and gotten better every iteration? Right. And by the way, Brock Purdy's better because Kittle's healthy and, and McCaffrey's on this team. Garoppolo had McCaffrey about, for about a play and a half. That was going to work just like this was working. There's no question about it. So they have roster constructed themselves into being able to manage Brock Purdy. They've done that. Why do they need Trey Lance? That's my only question. And by the way, I need to say this because I'm, I'm out there and I'm public. I put a tweet out about four weeks ago that said, why would San Francisco ever pay a quarterback ever again in this system? There's no need. They, they clearly can adjust on the fly and make this system work with anybody doing that job. And by the way, I, that includes Trey Lance. But but throwing in Trey Lance is different than throwing in Brock Purdy, as I've said already. Trey Lance is this whole other element. And unless he can slim down and be that more pocket passer that Garoppolo is and, and not be that mobile guy that tries to get out of the pocket and become Josh Allen every, you know, every third, fourth play, then it's not going to look like this. And it's going to take some time for everybody to figure out how to make that work successfully and consistently. So uh, where, where are we? What is the right approach here? Because there, there's a part of me now that wants to pull that tweet off and say they should just sign Jimmy Garoppolo. Because who cares about 2026? Who cares about when Trey Lance is going to need a contract? They are the, the most 
they are the deepest, best coached, best constructed roster in all of football. And nobody can argue that because this is quarterback three and they're, you know, the number two seed, maybe the betting odds after this weekend to win the Super Bowl. So that they've done all the all the right things. Why would they torpedo this for a project in Trey Lance? And by the way, that that has to be what it is until we see otherwise. <clears throat> yeah, all, all really good points. I think my best response to it is like we need we definitely need to see the arm talent there. Like if the narrative, mm-hmm. like I think there's a little bit of a narrative that he's going to just be this running quarterback that can also throw to the to, to some players as well. Like that. Lamar Jackson, if you will, yeah. type thing. Yeah, is who very is unique. Who, who who do you think he would he will be when he's hundred so, percent and unlocked? So I think he is primarily a rushing first quarterback that okay. that can throw the ball. But if I I I want to believe there was enough there in his arm talent for them to take him that high and pay up for that and not just think that he's a running quarterback because like hypothetically what I'm, I think what I'm trying to get at is you, you, the point you made that we've been making that Shanahan's made this work with very like basic quarterbacks that if you like, even if Trey Lance is a basic quarterback, Plus, he's an elite rushing quarterback that turns into Josh Allen or somebody. When and, and can when plays break down, he can go outside the pocket, give you a ton on the ground. He it's not that they have like a little bit of that right now. They have zero. Like mm-hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo offers none of that. Brock Purdy, you you know, it gives you a little bit. But I'm just saying, there's very little, you know, from that perspective that that dynamic is missing from the offense. So I think all I'm trying to say is that like I think. Trey Lance's floor in terms of his arm talent is probably very close to Jimmy, Jimmy G and or Brock Purdy. So if you, if you can operate, if Shanahan could manage that, plus you get elite rushing out of him or like movement outside of the pocket. I I think that's what I'm trying to say, where you unlock other pieces of this offense. Um, I'm not trying to say that they're going to reshape the whole offense to become a primarily rushing first off, you know, Mm-hmm. group but maybe if Trey Lance can't throw the ball maybe you're dead right and that's what they have to be and then it doesn't look so great but I mean I just again I've said it once I've said it twice I just think we've seen enough out of Jimmy G I think we sort of have an idea of what Brock Purdy is that I just like the the arm the arm the potential our lack of arm talent from Trey Lance doesn't really scare me enough to just like be good with moving on from him from here, but I, I don't know what the right so answer opinion, is. I, in, in your opinion, Garoppolo walks and the Jets or the Bucks or one of those teams pay him. Brock Purdy is the QB two and Trey Lance is the, is the week one starter and nothing else changes. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess that's like what I would think is the most likely scenario. I, I man, really? No, you really think no one like, Let's say Miami wanted to move on with Tua and all, mm-hmm. like we just talked about earlier in the week, all the questions about there and wanted to add like a, a 1B-ish that could play, like, you know, like a Purdy Tua package. Like you don't think a team would kind of like go no. into a season with that? No? Okay. And that's fair. No, not, that's fair. Not to have a different podcast in the middle of this one, but I think that's going to be Tom Brady. <laughs> what? What? The QB2, QB1-2 in Miami. Oh, okay. 
That's that's how I see that unfolding. I I don't think Purdy has any trade value. I think everybody in the league knows exactly what's happening right now. And it's if you, if you really dive into the tape on him, he's not even as solid and consistent as what Garoppolo has been for this team. That's the way I see it when I look. Yeah, that's fair. And that's by fair. the way, he shouldn't be. <laughs> he came right. from nothing and has been thrown into the fire. And, you know, he's he's doing this on the fly. So he's had no time to get become polished where Garoppolo has had years now of starting capability. And to me, his, he's got two knocks. He's not as accurate as elite quarterbacks need to be. And he's injury prone. And both those things are real in the, in the NFL world. And then it's why he's not a $40 million quarterback. And it's why San Francisco probably won't bring him back. They didn't want to this year. They were kind of forced into that situation because there wasn't a viable trade partner out there for him. They didn't want to just release him because they could restructure and keep him, as we kind of talked about, right? Right before that, everything went down. Uh, you and I had that discussion that why not just keep this guy on the roster? Well, I'm having it now, too. I'm having it in January because... <laughs> It's going to cost a hell of a lot more money, and I'm the guy who said they should never pay for it. But I think I'm the guy that thinks paying that that contract might be better business for 2023 than throwing Trey Lance out there. I, I really believe that, and it's nothing against Lance. He just hasn't had the ability to go out there and show what he can do on any kind of level. He's done it in, inside the practices. Obviously, he's done enough to stick around as the best option for them. Otherwise, they would have moved off him as quickly as possible. I do think there's going to be a world... And it's not just going to be Mike Florio and his bullshit takes where there and because San Francisco is pretty public about this stuff. I think there's a world where they're taking phone calls in February for Trey Lance. Tennessee's in Atlanta's in Carolina's in right They're At least they're at least smelling around that situation to understand, you know, wh- how he's progressing with this injury, what their sense is. If San Francisco is going to move off him, not for Purdy, not for Purdy and not for Brady. You're going to hear a lot of Brady to San Francisco stuff, and I know you've been on that. Um, there's no chance they put Brady in this offense right now, right? Brady's a liability. Oh, you still I, I mean, it? I, you still yeah, love I it? would disagree. I, I mean, like... Why not Rodgers instead of Brady? I mean, I don't know, go man. Like, I just, I, I like sort of to your points, like you're sort, you sort of made the point that like maybe you don't need a rushing quarterback back. Maybe you just need a game manager, somebody to sit yeah. there. I mean, who's been, who's like maybe the best? I, I don't want to discount yes. him all the way to no, a game is. manager, but like at this point in his career, he, he needs a strong offensive, like a big like game, you know, film grinder take I've been seeing yeah. recently is that a lot of his downfalls were directly related to the lack of an offensive line and his like his like he didn't want to get hit. Him, yeah, he didn't, didn't want to get hit. So he, he bailed out early. Yes. So if he's behind this offensive line, dumping off to Christian McCaffrey and just spreading it around to it, we know he, you know, is fine throwing to tight ends and wide receiver. You know, he's got Man, weapons. I can get on board like, with this. I can like, get on I'm board not, with this for one year. I, so that's the thing is like, I think like I, the only scenario where I'm okay with Trey Lance not being the week one starting quarterback next year. Sorry, let me back that up and just say if he's healthy, I understand there's a lot of health right. caveats there with that injury, but like the, I would be okay if you can with two, with two, a point A and point B being point A, you get a decent package. You can't just give him away. You can't be up against a wall, boxed into a corner, and some team bench you. Do you over. have to trade him at all? Well, I guess you don't, but I mean, he's that got would be two too- more years on the rookie deal plus the fifth year option. I mean, I, I would think you would be better. Couldn't you, off- just say to, couldn't you just say to Trey Lance, we're going to let you heal up for the entire year? 
And, and we're going to let this thing get you all the way back to 110%. And we're going to bring in Brady for a swan song with him because he wants it. We think it'd be a good fit for us in 2023. And then we'll go on from there and you'll be the guy going forward. Is that inconceivable with his health concerns? It, it's not. But if you're trying to go down that route, I think you're better off. If you're going to move, if you Brady is their week one starting quarterback, I think you for continuity, if Brady were to go down or something, I think you would just want Brock Purdy. He's probably more of that type of quarterback where Trey Lance is going to be. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm spinning myself in circles. So you couldn't that, QB three Lance is what you're saying. You'd rather just get the trade value is what you're saying. Yeah, I think I'd rather kick it because now you're just now you're eating his rookie contract up for a guy who's not going to and maybe never starts for you. So in my opinion, like if Brady, if they if Brady was a serious thing, he goes like hypothetically, let's say Brady goes to San Francisco, Brock Purdy backs up. You trade Trey Lance for a decent package to another team that wants to utilize him on that rookie deal. And then you use whatever return you get for that as like maybe hopefully trying to see secure a quarterback for post Tom Brady, which is at most like you think one or two years, you know, you're hoping for two years out of him if he's your quarterback. So I, I don't know. I guess that's just where I'm saying like if Lance isn't their quarterback, I, I would hope it's because they get a, like a, an upgrade over those guys. Garoppolo. And I, and I do still think, right. yeah. And I do still think Brady is an upgrade. I think a lot of what we saw this year, like he's still not what he was five years ago, even, but uh, I think mm -hmm. a lot of what we saw this year was just like a personnel related, no tight end. I mean, he was going, he operated with Cameron Bray and a rookie and Kate yeah. and um, a decimated offensive line. It's the interior offensive line that did it. When Ryan Jensen went down in training camp, Brady basically knew what was about to happen with this season. Yeah. And he knew it. And, he, and it got, and it was in his called head. it. Yeah. yeah. Everyone yeah. called it. So you, it's, it's not even a hot take. Because Shanahan has shown he'll do whatever he wants to do with this position, right? He's he's th he's throwing whatever has to happen in, in in there and just making it work. So he could certainly make it work with Brady if Brady's physically able and I guess mentally wants to do this. I think he said out loud, San Francisco is always a place he would do this. Um, it's funny though how all these options are available, right? It's the most likely option is Trey Lance starts Week One. Garoppolo's what a Raider. And Brock Purdy's the QB too. That's the most likely scenario here. So I'm not going to sit here and say that we are, you know, spinning some sort of web that, but all of these po are, are possibilities. All of these contractually, it, you're a little concerned about trading Trey Lance for 75 cents on the dollar. I don't think there's any way out of it. You know? Oh no, I, I actually think 75 cents on the dollar is pretty good. I'm talking like you can't, you can't give him away for 40 cents on the dollar is what it I'm saying. It can't be a Sam you know? Darnold trade is what you're saying. It's got to be right, better than right. that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like if you could get, you know, three quarters of what you put into him back, I think it, and you're still, you're going to have other good options. So I think it's worth considering, you know, like they're like we, the points we already laid out, I don't necessarily think they're married to him. Um, but like, you can't just give him away. And if, and if they are giving him away, I think there's a bargain to be had um, for another team who's not set at that position. So. Where else? Real quickly, we'll finish on this. And I, I didn't give you any homework assignments, so I apologize if, if you're not kind of ready for this. Where else does this team have to improve? Like, are there glaring holes in San Francisco that you that you see that have to be addressed this offseason? Or is this is this really the only conversation to be had? And maybe it's not even a conversation if internally they're just saying, Trey Lance, get healthy. You're the guy. You know what I mean? I mean, Caffrey's under contract. Ayuk's yeah. under contract. Uh Samuel's under contract. Kittle's under contract. Trent Williams is under everybody who matters. Nick Bosa is about to be under contract for forever. Uh, I guess the secondary 
you know, I, you're probably searching for a versatile safety. So that's maybe your second round pick or your late first. But I, that's the other part of this is it's not even like you're thinking about what else has to happen this offseason, which is why I don't want them to think everything has to change if we don't win the Super Bowl right now with Brock Purdy. You know, I don't want them to blow it up, especially at that quarterback spot. If Dallas blows them out next weekend, which I guess is possible, it's feasible, but not likely because of how deep this the rest of this roster looks. So I, I just think this is a team that I underestimated coming in. Um, I was putting too much stock in Trey Lance and, and what he was going to do to downgrade this team. They're just so deep. They can to me, they can do no wrong right now, and uh, I'm just super fascinated to see where they go because, again, I would not be shocked, even though I don't believe it's the right move, I would not be shocked if Jimmy Garoppolo got a two-year extension to stay with this team. I wouldn't be because I totally understand that line of thinking, which which is it's working right now. Who cares about two years from now? Let's, let's continue to make it work right now. And even if we don't have the best, most accurate quarterback in football, we have a winner or at least a semblance of a winner, a guy who has gotten us to, you know, two of the three most important games three times in his career. That's insane. What other quarterback can, can even say that, you know, around the league right now? Two NFC championships in a Super Bowl. So it's it's very, very uh, fascinating that all of these options are possible and exist and feasible from a financial standpoint. And they can make any of it work. It's just really what they choose going forward. It's fascinating. <clears throat> yeah, I, I agree. I don't I don't have too much to add there. So I where, where do you think... Um... Brady ends up, if not San Francisco, like where, where do you think are the key spots? Yeah. And I think he's done. You do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you that he, he was going at it about 80% this year because he, he knew he was not going to have the pocket presence to be able to do what he has to do at his age. Um, but I don't think that changes his approach next year. Even if, you know, the Raiders offer one for 50 or whatever that, you know what I mean? Whatever crazy right. things could be out there for him or even the San Francisco offer, which has to be extremely inviting for a guy like that. Um, look, Miami's possible because, I, I mean, the Tua stuff is just as fascinating. We talked about it last week. You know, I, I don't know that he ever plays football again, let alone can can play 17 weeks. So do you just let that wonderful roster sort of melt around him or do you bring in a guy like Brady to be, you know, the dad in the room <laughs> and sort of game management that that process, even though that offensive line needs some help as well. But uh, again, there's probably eight avenues Brady could go to me. The best one for him as a human being who's just went through a divorce and has kids in Florida is to just dive into a new job. And he will be such a nerd as a broadcaster doing these weekly, you know, you know, spots and the homework and, and diving into the tape and, and the numbers and preparing himself for this, I, I just think that's the right approach. Get out of the, the 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 world of the locker room right now and dive into just being a nerd and, and change your lifestyle a little bit. So I, I know that's the terrible answer. It's not going to, you know, drive anything to us here, but that's where that's where I think it has to go. No, I actually like that. Um, I, I think I just like dreamcast the the San Francisco yeah. situation a little bit, just because I think it is such a match made in heaven in a lot of ways. Um, otherwise, like I don't want to see him go to go to another team and just have it be a Me shit too. show again. Like it, with, it was with this year, major right? expectations, right? If you go, yeah, somewhere right, else, right. You're the guy. That's not the case in San Francisco. He's just the next guy in San Francisco. <laughs> Do you know the favorite? I just pulled it up. Do you know the betting favorite right now? Uh, it's got to be the Raiders, right? 
Raiders. Yeah, Raiders. Yeah. I just at, don't buy uh, that McDaniel shit. I never have. Have you? Oh uh, no, not really. I mean, I I I don't know if I would want to yeah there if i were him to be honest so it's uh raiders patriots (laughs) second niners dolphins jets niners are ahead of the dolphins um yeah four to one almost six to one yeah and then i have the other two here there's two other ones david uh Derek carr yeah that's got to be jets right number one jets yeah jets colts falcons commanders and then lamar dan i would take the odds on the commanders I think that's where yeah. it ends up with Derek Carr. Yeah, six and a, six and a half to one. L- Lamar's going to be either a Raider or a Falcon, in my opinion. I've been saying Falcons for a long time for him. Um, to me, those have to be the top two. Although Carolina will pay the world for him. So it's actually pretty close, but it's Jets, Dolphins, Falcons, Raiders, Patriots. Okay, but it, it's not it's not um, too spread out there. So Boy, Patriots, yeah, interesting. Super interesting. Super interesting. Yeah, they're six and a half to one. Actually, Patriots Raiders are the same. Hmm. Six and a half to one. So I, interesting. There's, there's a big part of me that wants to see him in that Falcons offense. That the young, super, you know, up and coming. There's an offensive line there. They have like the best guard in football, <laughs> one of the best tackles in football. That they're yeah. super underrated. I mean, Generational tight end. You have a yeah. you know uh really good wide receiver already. Um yeah. you know, you Tyler Algier was a really good rookie last year. Mm-hmm. Um we've already talked at length about how many good running backs, dynamic running backs will be available. So um that would be really intriguing. I would yeah. I would totally sign up for that. I, I had hinted that that's a team I'm um keeping an eye on in terms of what they what they well, do at quarterback and because way, I like everything around it dumpster it. fire of a division too. So you throw a wrench like that into yeah, it. Right. You're the favorite. You are the you are yeah. the betting favorite in that division. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Mike.